Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing, this is the show for you, Fight Night Extra, with me, Gareth A. Davis, and a very special co-host today, WBA Continental Middleweight Champion, yep, the one and only friend of the show, Nathan Heaney. Today we'll be hearing from the juggernaut Joe Joyce, he was in TalkSport Towers yesterday, ahead of his fight with Zhili Zhang this weekend. He says he'd rather a fight with Tyson Fury or Alexander Usyk over Anthony Joshua, and that his ultimate goal is to become undisputed heavyweight champion. Anthony Joshua has taken to social media to reveal he won't be returning to the ring till December this year. The former heavyweight champion was adamant he would be returning this summer following his points win over Jermaine Franklin, but he's since revealed that it will be December by the time we see him next. We'll get into who he could be facing and if it's the right idea to take so much time off fighting. And we'll be unpacking another drug scandal in UK boxing. This time surrounding former world champion Amir Khan, who tested positive for a banned substance following his fight with Kel Brook last year. Plus, we'll get Nathan's lowdown on the middleweight division and discuss his hopes and his dreams for the remainder of the year. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Your winner by unanimous decision, and now the WBA Continental Middleweight Champion, Nathan the Hitman Heaney. I always try and win early and give good entertainment because I. I'm the juggernaut, I come forward, I land shots, I throw lots of them, I have a good engine and I can take a punch as well. So, But it's going to be an exciting fight. I think he recognises there needs to be big improvements. He's not letting his hands go enough yet. I think there's a lack of confidence in his ability at the moment. He's coming off those... Remember, before this win, he hadn't had a win since... 2020. I think they made an example of you though by giving you a two-year ban for it and maybe have done that because you've retired already. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, maybe. Just do... It's a, it's one point on them, isn't it? Well, Nathan, welcome to the show. 
one of the main men this week. We love having you on always. Your energy is infectious. You've just last fought against Jack Flatley in front of a sold-out crowd back end of March. What have you been doing since? And how did it feel to get the sequel victory over him? Yeah, thank you, Gareth. And thank you, obviously, TalkSport for having me. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's been a great two weeks, to be honest. I've been, I've been relaxing since my last fight with Jack Flatley. Obviously, we had that anticipated rematch up possibly not anticipated who knows but there was a lot of un- unanswered questions from the first fight that we had but I do feel that was possibly the best performance I've done so far in my career and Agreed. and I just I really enjoyed every single second of it and, and the, the atmosphere was electric as always but it's probably the best one I think I've experienced so far um which yeah it was just it's just a very I'm a I'm very privileged and I always say that anyway but the what my guys bring is, is amazing. So I was glad I was able to give them a good performance, obviously, to to show why, why they're there in the first place. There was an amazing picture of you. I think it was in the sun with you, with all the 1,300 tickets that you, you send out and deliver to everyone. Do you do like a postman's round where you run around Stoke and, and put them through the letterboxes up Stanley Matthews Drive and because you live on Sir Stanley Matthews Drive, don't you? Yeah, well, well, yeah, well, just on the end of Sir Stanley, Stanley Matthews Way, I'm just yeah. down that way, so I can't say too much in case they come come to me else. But now it's a, but, 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 but yeah, I, I, I essentially yeah, every single thing, there's probably I'd say out of all the deliveries, there's probably 160 deliveries from people outside of Stoke on Trent or, or the statuary where it'd be just too far to, for me to drive. So I've mentioned before, like people from Devon always come, Ipswich, um, Leicester, Dundee. There was two lads that come from Dundee. In fact, I put the postcode in from these two guys just to see where they lived in, in, in comparison to each other. And they're like five minutes away. So it's, it's so strange. Like, it's so strange. But yeah, I just do all the deliveries and stuff. And basically all I'm doing is if this boxing goes wrong, at least I've got an excellent CV for DPD or something like that. So I've got got a good job with the Royal Mail after. Oh, um, look, one of the things that I've got to say to you is, um, because this fascinated me, um, your walking music has always been Delilah. And then, and then it was hit hard um, by um, kind of political awareness, if you like. Talk to me about that and and having Delilah to walk into. Yeah, it was it, it was obviously funny to see. Obviously, the Principality Stadium, I think, was the ones that would potentially ban it. I haven't seen any more on it to be honest. But there was a lot of hysteria around it in terms of what was going on. But I knew for a fact Frank and BT Sport were never going to be stopping something like that. One because it's a great song. We could all look at movies in the past and think, oh, you can't watch them. It's got murder. Yeah. It's got. But we do. We look back at some classic movies and stuff. They've all they've all got um dark parts to them but but no, it's a great song and obviously the atmosphere it brings is very very unique to the boxing world so yeah it's um it, it, it was always going to be there but it felt even stronger this time but I think that was just due to the 1500 soakies that were there I do think there's going to be uh we're going to get into your the rest of your um kind of year in the middleweight division at the moment but I do think if you keep going like this there's going to be uh, a Nathan Heaney way in Stoke at some point in the future. <laughs> yeah, we, that that's something we could, we could always remember. But I think the house price would be very low on that estate, to be fair. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, well, we will get into this later, I say, but um, what what's the plan between now and the uh, the end of the year for you? Well, I'm actually going to the the media day today um, for the Zhang, um, Joyce Zhang fight. So 
uh, hopefully I'll speak to Frank and George there and just to just assess what what we're going to do because obviously the last fight I had, although I didn't get punched that that much, I did punch a lot myself. So my hands, you, you can take a bit of a punishment on your on your body a little bit. I mean, my hands are feeling great now, but they were definitely sore for a week or two. So I just got to. I had my first proper session back in the gym last night, and every minute felt like ten. So, which is strange when it time just goes so slow when you when once you've had a break from the boxing. But but now I, I I'll do what I always do, I live in the gym, make sure I'm ready, and then whatever Frank wants me to do, I'll be ready for it. For those who don't know, you're 17 and 0 uh, undefeated with six knockouts. You were a former PE teacher for those for the under, for those living under a very large rock. Um, and you were a former PE teacher. You loved your boxing. You you fell out of love with it. You came back at 27. You've been a pro now. For six or seven years, God, you're 34 already. Yeah. Um. And and you you haven't really got time to waste in that sense, maybe. Yeah, not at all. It, it, to be honest, when you said about falling out of love with the sports, I never fell out of love with the sports at all. All it was was I always thought to myself, unless I win the ABA championships, which is the national championships and the amateurs that happens once a year, unless you win them, you you're probably not going to get signed by Frank Warren. And if you don't get signed by Frank Warren, you're going to have to become essentially a small hall ticket seller. And for someone who only ever had probably five people come to watch me at the amateur shows, I always thought I'd seen so many local Stoke lads, good boxers, go absolutely nowhere because they couldn't no no they couldn't sell tickets. So I always thought to myself, I'm never going to turn pro unless I win the ABAs. Obviously, never won the ABAs, so I never got signed by Frank. So I was never going to turn professional. It was only when I turned 27, all of a sudden I'd, I had 90 contests in amateur and just like retired. But I just thought, if I don't do this now, even on the small hall scene, I might regret this. And then fast forward five and a half years, I wouldn't have believed what's happening now in terms of I've got one of the biggest support bases in, in the country and, and one of the loudest ones as well. And yeah, I'm so glad I obviously did that. It, it definitely resonates. I mean, obviously we've been there live with TalkSport and it is absolutely incredible. It was one of those joyous nights in Telford, wasn't it? When um, when when we all returned to being in big crowds again, there were only 800 there. It sounded like 80,000 that night. <laughs> it was amazing to be there. Tommy Fury was there, of course. I would just want to quickly, before we go to break, first time you and Jack Flatley fought was on the undercard of Joe Joyce and Joseph Parker. Joyce makes his return this weekend. What do you make of his fight with briefly with, with Gilly Zhang? I haven't seen a huge amount of Gilly Zhang other than, obviously, the Hergovic fight. And I thought it was very good in that, and arguably... Possibly should have won the fight. Yeah. So it's it's a fight of two very tough, durable lads and talented as well. I'm not, I'm not taking away the talent, but but the fact of the matter is, Joe Joyce called the juggernaut because he is a machine. He can take certain shots, but on the flip side, that Zhang is quite a big puncher as well. I don't know why he didn't go through the gears and try to stop Hergovic because he would have just taken out the judges' hands, which I think he could have done. But it makes for a very interesting fight. Obviously, I think Zhang's 39 years old, but Joyce is really going through the gears now in terms of being a professional that's been taken as a major force in, in the division. I think that was based off the fact that he did a number on Dubois and then obviously did an even bigger number on Parker. So now the boxing fraternity know, know what he's about. And it's for him to know to win this fight and then push on so obviously the big boys like Usyk, obviously Fury, and potentially Joshua. And and finally, um, before we go to break, um, AJ's not fighting till December. My take on that is he wants more time to work with Derek, Derek James. I think they're trying to elongate his career. Um, but personally, being an old school boxing guy, from what I see, 
and we'll get into this deeply later. My view is take the Fury fight as soon as you can, get that fight done, because if he loses between now and Fury, that fight may not happen. But if, if he loses to Fury, but his stock rises in that fight for any reason, he can still have more. I don't know what your take about him not being out till December is. Yeah, it could because he's working with his new coach. But I think it's I think it's strange having new coaches so late in the career and stuff. I, I don't really know how much it can be changed. He's not. He's never going to be a technical boxing fighter. That's not his style. He's strong. He's got a great jab. He's very. He's very good at what he does. But I, yeah, I I just find it very strange. Obviously, seeing fighters go with different coaches. Maybe it's more of a a mental thing to think. You can't really look at yourself as a fighter that you've done something wrong. It obviously must be the coaching and the and the team that you've got around you. So maybe that's just an individualistic thing that fighters look at. So they're looking for a reason to why they failed. And it's probably easier to look at a coach than to look at yourself for that. But I, I, I'm not too sure. Maybe he does need more time. Maybe he just wants more of a break in general just to build up to the next fight. But but when you, it's a different ball game for them guys. They make millions and millions of pounds. It's not like they need to fight. I mean, we would love them to. And when you said about, obviously, the, the Fury fight, the Fury fight, if it takes longer, we're really our worst enemies as boxing fans because no matter what happens and no matter how long it's going to take, we will always watch the fight. You only Absolutely have to look. Right. You only have to look at Pacquiao yeah. Mayweather. I remember when that fight happened, uh, and I went to watch it in a casino. You couldn't in my local casino in Stoke. You couldn't get. You couldn't even park. It was madness. It was the biggest yeah. event I'd ever seen, and that was. What six, six years, years late? Six, no, years, six yeah, years too late. Yeah, I know. Six years too yeah, late. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, absolutely right. We'll get into that in more detail. You're listening to Fight Night Extra on Talksport Two. Still to come, we'll be talking Anthony Joshua. Obviously, he's revealed as we'll be saying that he won't be fighting until December, having made a winning comeback earlier this month. We'll unpack the Amir Khan saga. I spoke to him last week after he was found to have tested positive for a banned substance, Osterine. But up next, we're going to hear from the juggernaut, Joe Joyce. He fights Zhili Zhang this weekend, live on Sport. Big Joe deserves an opportunity at a world title. Let him have one. I think Joyce gives anybody trouble. He's bigger than you. He's stronger than you. He's got a better chin than you. He can punch you because he's got a lot of power. The juggernaut's here to stay. Joyce is teeing up. There are plenty of good heavyweights out there to fight and, um, you know, edging closer to the inner circle. Joe Joyce is an unstoppable force. And Joe Joyce's perfect record continues. He's going to try and hit me some big shots and it's going to be a big fight. Straight left and down he goes again. That's two knockdowns in round two for Joe. Live on TalkSport, your home of boxing. You're listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2 with me, Gareth Davis, and WBA Continental Middleweight Champion, the one and only Nathan Healy. So, look, Joe Joyce returns this weekend. What does a win over Zhang do for his world title hopes? Here's what he told us. It's all about the win and, and progressing in my career and coming, you know, coming through. But it's like, it's a, it's a great challenge like to to fight to fight Zile like this at this moment is and it is giving like value for money while all these other heavyweights are all ducking and diving each other like I was I was expecting to see the undisputed and I want to be undisputed and I'm beat and stay unbeaten so I've got a tough test in Zile Zhang but coming through that I'm coming for everyone I prefer to fight Usyk or Fury but you know um 
in this business it is a business and an entertainment business. So yeah, um, you know, but come at me with some numbers. Nice. I like that. I like that. But you, you would want that fight, right? AJ in December, if you win. It's an option. It's a good option. Okay. If they phoned you up on Saturday night after you won and said, yes or no, do you want the fight? Well, well, we're going to talk numbers first. And then... what, you name the numbers. Huh? Whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Then That's the fight you want. It's, okay. it's an option. Okay. I'm not going to push you because you're much bigger than <laughs> I am. Not a good idea. So here's the reaction to this for me. He would rather fight um, Tyson Fuhrer, Alexander Usyk, than Anthony Joshua. That surprises me, Nathan. Why? Because I think he should still build. Even though he's 37, he's a young 37 in my view. He's got that tank-like physicality. He's got a chin that seems to go on forever. And I know you can only go with your chin to the cash register and take out the cash so many times because in, in the end, the register's empty and you will get dented at some point in your career. But for me, he can continue to build. I know he wants undisputed, but those fights are always going to be there for him, in my view. I, I do agree, but on the flip side, when we spoke previously about, obviously, if when we said about Joshua fighting soon and stuff, and, and if he loses prior to obviously fighting Fury, he stop drops down. At this moment in time, Fury and Usyk, they're the hottest names in British in world boxing. Obviously, the heavyweight division, they are the hottest names. So, Joyce wants to strike while the poker's hot. With either of those guys, he knows that the, the fight between them two at this moment in time broke down. It should have been ending, happening at the end of April, but now it isn't. Isn't so. Joyce wants to be in there. He's been with Usyk before in the amateurs and gave Usyk a very, very hard fight. And Usyk obviously did one, but that was over, I think, five rounds in the WSB. So it's a different ball game when you're doing it over twelve, especially with someone like Joe Joyce. And I do think he's got the ability. To potentially beat both. I think Fury's got more chance than Usyk. But I do think he's got the opportunity to beat both of them. I don't think he beats either of them. No. Now, listen, he, I, I, if he does, he'll have fought a tremendous fight. I think he gives Fury a very hard physical night. Fury's going to have to sidestep and hit him with a jab, tie him up, hold on till the end. I don't think Fury stops Joyce, not at the moment anyway. And I think Usyk is like a buzzing wasp around him. And he maybe frustrates Joe and and hangs on because I think um, U6 engine is so is so good. His his IQ is so clever. Having said that, I still want to see those two fights. The fight I most want to see Joe Joyce in, if I'm honest, is Deontay Wilder because that just I'm already ed- sitting on the edge of my seat right now thinking about it. I think he beats Joshua at the moment. Where do you rank? If you if we were looking at the top five heavyweights in the world, and I'm saying I'm saying Fury, Usyk, Wilder, Joshua, Joyce, Joyce, Joshua. Where do you rank him? Yeah, okay. So I don't think anyone beats Fury in the division. I just yeah, think he's the yeah. best fighter, in my opinion. So if I was, I'd go Fury, Usyk, Joyce, Wilder, Joshua. Now, that's nothing against those guys. That's just my opinion in terms of what I feel. I mean, Deontay Wilder, he's very dangerous. And could he catch Joe Joyce? I think he will catch Joe Joyce. When I was watching Joyce against Christian Hammer, Hammer was catching with right hands all the, the big time. Big loop, big right hand. Yeah, about but, four in the first round. 
but he's got but Ammer had nothing behind them. Whereas Deontay yeah, yeah. Wilder's got probably one of the most dangerous yeah. right hands in boxing. So he wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, Juice wouldn't be able to take shots like that against Wilder. But on the flip side, if he does take shots or makes Deontay Wilder miss, well, he, he's a one-trick pony in the sense of it's his pure power. If he doesn't detonate him in 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 the rounds, well, what else has he really got? Although he did do very well with Fury. He caught him with some dangerous shots. That, and you saw that video where there was like a shot wave that went through Fury's body when he landed the right hand that dropped him. So, yeah, it's it's hard. But I just think Joyce is possibly very, very underrated. Absolutely. But I can just, I've just got this image of, of Joyce being cracked by Deontay Wilder's big right hand and him just going... And just, you know, like he does, he seems to, it almost seems to wake him up and this zombie awakes in him. Do you know what I mean? And he just comes crashing forward. Imagine him taking Wilder's biggest punch and just marching through him. That, look, I say this and I've said this on several occasions. There are right now between those five guys who we're talking about, there are seven or eight fights worth hundreds of millions of pounds and dollars. And the sad thing, you said it earlier, um, boxing shoots itself in the foot because it marches three steps forward, then it comes two steps back because people will wait years for these fights to be made, but they could be doing them all now over the next three years, two or three fights a year of the most extraordinary value that would make this group of heavyweights, because the matchups are phenomenal, that would make this group of heavyweights almost like a golden era. Yeah, and it, it, it really could be, obviously, looking at the four kings previously, with obviously Hearns, Duran, Leonard, and Hagler. They could have that in the heavyweight division and create some kind of legacy within the heavyweight division. If they, but it, yeah, but it, it's just a different ball game now in terms of what kind of money they generate. Everyone thinks they are the best, so they want the best deal. And it just... <laughs> There's too much things, but the Moscow behind and not the enough jeopardy, and not enough jeopardy. Yeah, in my yeah. view, yeah, you know, a lot of protecting of, you know, undefeated records. I mean, look at what we've just about to got got going in the in the lightweight division. They could become the five kings. Devin Haney defending all the belts to Vasyl Lomachenko next month. Um, Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis going at it very soon. Shaka Stevenson having moved up to lightweight and looked fantastic on Saturday night, by the way. I wanted to pick him by stoppage. I went for an easy points victory. That kid for me, those five, that kid for me, Stevenson, Shakur, is probably going to be the next Mayweather in my view. He sees so many openings. He draws people on. He's so quick. You'll have watched him. He's, He's just good. extraordinary. All those five guys are going to meet each other. That's what's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to what you said about, obviously, the, the undefeated record, I think that's the only issue with boxing potentially is, other than the heavyweight division. That's the only division I know that can recycle fighters after losses. You'll have to look at Jazora. That, yeah. that man has had more paydays and more losses than anyone I think I've ever seen in boxing. But in the lower divisions, it's, it's not as forgiving. One loss, literally, you can see fighters just disappear off the face of the earth. You had someone like him, just looking more uh, I'm trying to think of the fighter. Is it from Plymouth? Can't you mean Michael it? McKinson, I think. Yeah, McKinson, that's the one. That's that's exa- yeah. that's the exact one. Yeah. It was it was it was McKinson went over and fought Virgil Ortiz. Like you say, and then it disappears again. Yeah, and, and I've seen it even in my division with certain fighters that 
that call certain fighters out, and all of a sudden they lose, and they're back on the small scene, even if they're on the scene at all. So, yeah, it's. But then that's just how obviously boxing should possibly develop. You've always got to be ready. Listen, I'm looking here at the. We're going to go into the middleweights in a bit, but I'm looking here myself. I was looking earlier. Uh, Where is it now? Yeah, there it is. The middleweight division. WBC, WBA, IBF, and WBO world champions Jamel Chala, Arislandi Lara, Yannibek Alim Kanuli. Uh, and there he is, number 15 with the WBA. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. we're going to come to that a bit later because I'm going to pose some questions to you about if world title opportunities came up. Look at you smiling. Look at you smiling. <laughs> um, look, um, final thing, let's get back to. to um, jo- Joyce and Zhang. Here's what I think happens the bang with Zhang as I've called it from the very beginning. Obviously, he's Big Bang and it's the juggernaut, but it's the bang with Zhang. We know what they're going to do, these two. Um, Zhang looked very good against Flip Hergovic. I, I was there live for Talk Sport for the, obviously, for the Anthony Joshua, Alexander Usyk fight. I thought he pipped it by a point. They both went at it. They both took a lot of heavy blows. He showed a very solid chin against Hergovic, I thought. He looked very solid. He's 24-1, and one, that one defeat to Hergovic. You can almost consider him undefeated. In the, in the world amateurs and in the Olympics, he's just been that, that tier below the very elite. Bronzes in, in the world, bronzes in the, you know, that kind of, he's that third tier fighter, but he's very dangerous. But I think Joe will wear him down in this fight. Um, and I think I'm going for a 10th, 9th, 10th or 11th round stoppage. I know that's hedging it a little bit, but I think Joe will stop him late in the fight, rather like he did Joseph Parker. Yeah. I I, I might go a bit sooner. I might go round six to eight. Just because I think the reason Joseph Parker was probably so late in terms of getting stopped is he's quite a good operator in terms of and his elusive. ability. Yeah, elusive. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. that's that was his saving grace to lasting so long in the fight. But then Zhang, I'm sure he won the silver medal in, in the Olympics. So he's 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 no he's he was one of the best in the world at the time as an amateur. So he's got the pedigree there to obviously cause issues. But if I was to look at both guys, one looks like he's had a tougher paper round than the others. He looks way older than 39, but obviously he's he's heavyweight, so he, he can look a bit older. But I just think I think Joyce just have way too much potential for him. And I think if he does catch him, he'll just go through the gears, which. Granted, he probably hasn't got loads of gears in terms of the speed that he throws his shots, but he's got one of the strongest engines in the game, and he can punch, and he's just relentless. And I think it will be a suffocating fight for for Zhang. And there's a obviously we're there with Talk Sport on Saturday night. Um, myself, Adam Catchell, Spencer Oliver, and Andy Clark. Also um, on the undercard is uh, the former world champion Michaela Meyer against Christina Linardi Tu. I think Linardi Tu has only lost to Delphine Pursun yeah. and, and Delphine Pursun. Yeah, yeah, so and got um, a win over Bongarda as well. So, and, yeah, so, so yeah, terrific fight. Fan of women's boxing? Yeah, I am. So yeah, just I think it's great how it's come over over the last few years, and particularly well. I say this. I've got two daughters, so you would hope women's sports going to develop, but. My girls will never box. No. Oh, way. here we go. Here no, we go. No My way. No, they never. I mean, well, I did some pads with my little girl. Put her on Instagram the other day. She was brilliant. She was really, really good. But this isn't like it, 
if I had a son, he wouldn't be boxing either. Why? Just that. Look, we'll, we'll get into this in the last section today. We'll okay, get into okay. this. In, yeah, we'll get, I get won't into forget it. that. Yeah. We'll get into it. We'll get into it because we've got to move on. Uh, you're listening to Fight That Extra on TalkSport 2 with me and the brilliant Nathan Heaney. Coming up, we'll get Nathan's thoughts on the Amir Khan saga after he was found to have tested positive for a banned substance last week. Amir spoke to me. But next up, Anthony Joshua says it won't be until December that we see him fight again. We'll discuss why the former champion is going to wait that long. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. If you believe, genuinely believe, I do genuinely um, that he's going to win a world title, mm -hmm. then you must be able to tell us who he's going to beat to do that. Because okay. it's not going to be Alexander Usyk, I suspect. No. And it's not going to be Tyson Fury. No. So who's he going to win? Who's Listen, going to beat them? There's so many moving parts. I don't know who and I don't know when. But what I'm saying is I think he has the ability, if he can get back to his best, to roll with any of them. That is a fact. I think the best ver I version of wrong. Anthony Joshua will get knocked out by Deontay Wilder. I think the best version of Anthony Joshua will get schooled by Tyson Fury. I think the best version of Anthony Joshua um, might have had a chance against Alexander Usyk, but the best version of Anthony Joshua has gone. You're listening to Fight Night Extra with me, Gareth Davis, and Nathan Heaney. Yep, Nathan Heaney alongside me, ranked number 15 in the WBA World Rankings. Didn't even get a smile out of him then. Uh, the Anthony Joshua statement, um, my next fight is scheduled for December. Not ideal, but everything is part of of a bigger picture. Now, bizarrely, and this was much discussed in the build-up to Anthony Joshua's fight with Jermaine Franklin, and in the aftermath, as we all let the dust settle, he was going to fight three times this year. He was going to stay busy. He was going to have Dillian White in the summer. He was going to go on to fight Tyson Fury late in the year, or Joe Joyce, or Deontay Wilder. But is this a sign, Nathan, that Matchroom wants him in with a big name 
rather than another tune-up? I honestly don't know. It, obviously, when it comes to fighting more regularly in the year, there was a, was a lot of stuff with the zone. Obviously, with the subscription, the price increases had happened. So, the poster boy for the zone is essentially Anthony Joshua and Canelo Alvarez. So, if those boys aren't fighting regularly, granted they're going to be on pay per view when it comes to it anyway. I think it's better in the build up to know that those fights are going to be happening more regular. But then, obviously. Post all that happening now, he's obviously fighting in December, but but that leaves more space for the other fighters on the roster to obviously have their opportunity on the zone. It, I I haven't got a clue. Could it be for a big name? I don't know. It could. You could have a big name in three months' time. I I I honestly don't know. I don't I don't know the workings behind the scenes in regards to Joshua and Eddie Earn and the zone. I don't I don't know what the thoughts are, but he's fighting December and, that, and that's it. One word: business. That's what it is for me. Yeah. I think it's just business. And and look, there were two routes I think they could take him, which is the elongated route where they could have given him a summer fight, in my view, with a taller, more upright heavyweight. He needs to knock someone out. He needs to get his confidence back. There's a There's a hesitancy about him. Not when he goes into attack. When he's caught, he retreats. And, and it's very easy to sit in our armchairs and criticise Anthony Joshua. I want to say and underline with any critique that we give of him, the guy's been an astounding character for world British and world boxing. Um, he brought stadium fights back. He created a groundswell of popularity for the sport. He's carved opportunities for others. He's made millions already, of tens of millions, maybe over 100 million, they, they say that. He, he's amassed, you know, and that it, fight, it it makes it difficult for him to slip off the silk pyjamas and go into prison, as Marvin Hagler would say, well, when you go properly into camp, you go into prison. He tried his best to go and do that with Derek James. Um, I think he's underexposed now in terms of what he does, both with the media and um, the less is more approach. I think... They are looking, they called that last fight the new dawn. They're looking at new strategies for him. I just think they should put him in with a tall, upright heavyweight next. Franklin was a bit of a banana skin for him. People wouldn't have it from me. I thought he was a difficult opponent. He made himself a small target, didn't he? He was tenacious. This is a guy who a year ago, Nathan, you know about these kind of things. Not that he worked in a wire wool factory. But this is a guy that was working 72 hours a week in a wire wool factory during covid to feed his family, who before Dillian White had not had a full training camp ever last year. And we sh- he showed against Dillian White last year. He wasn't running away from anyone. He was going to take his opportunities. He looked nerveless in there. Yes, he ran out of gas after seven rounds and held a lot, but he was in there to win it. Um, and I think Anthony Joshua, could, for me, could do with a big, tall, upright heavyweight to fight with, someone that he can let his hands go with, I think they're going for a long strategy because of DAZN, because of the business deal. And the old school me says, get in with Fury, have the Fury fight. We talked about Mayweather and Pacquiao. Six years too late. I I was there, I covered it. I broke the story that it was happening um, way back when. It still made 600 million US dollars. This fight is still worth, or two fights between them, if the first one went the distance, is still worth... I don't know, £150 million for two fights. I think the two men, 
could make 50 million each from the fight. It's the richest fight in boxing, in my view, and the biggest fight we'll ever have seen on these shores. But I have a, a hunch that Eddie Hearn, by this strategy, they want him to spend four or five months, two non-fighting camps with, with Derek James, and they just want him to work on his confidence again. But I do think it's a long time out. I think it's a long, long time out. And I'm surprised. But I just see a long game fight. Yeah. I might not have worked in a Wirewolf factory, but I did work in a cash and carry place that rhymes yeah. with Luca. And it was the worst experience in my life. So I know what, what pain's like. Don't worry about no, so, no, when, when it comes to Joshua, I mean, he said about obviously stepping back from the media or not being out there as much. I, I don't disagree with him doing that to be honest because yeah. he doesn't need many, to does he yeah. there are too many sharks out there everyone wants clicks on the videos everyone wants it so they, they're gonna take his words out of context put different words in his mouth that probably haven't even said just because people need clicks and i can understand why he would be so disengaged with the game in regards to that it's because that's just what the game is but but yeah in terms of what you said about having this tall heavyweight to obviously come back in the summer and and have that big knockout there's no guarantee he's going to knock some no. tall lad out. And, and, who, and who is there in the division to obviously give that platform for him? I'm not too sure. So, he, yeah, they, they, they'll know what they're doing. Like, obviously, he's going to work with the Derek James now over the coming months in the build-up to this fight. But I just can't. But again, though, I just can't see what the changes are going to be. What changes can you really make? No. It's just the only thing that's a shame, or not a shame, but people are comparing his his recent win to wins that he had five years ago. 2015, he... 2015, 2018, just to put a point yeah. on this for you, because I've got the absolute details here in front of me, between Dillian White fight and the Povetkin fight with Klitschko in the middle, he had seven stoppages in eight fights. Yeah. So, and that's, and, and you would have assumed he would have walked through Franklin during that time, time period. But like I say there's lots of different things that go on. Who knows why he's not going through the gears? He might just enjoy the rounds. Who knows? It's it's one of them. It's one of them. It is one of those. Um, just do this final thing for me here then. Daniel Dubois, does he beat him? It, 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 Joshua. Joshua. Does he beat yeah. Daniel Dubois? I, 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 he's got the potential to. He's got the potential to. I, I can't say. I can't say. Like, I think it'd be a, a massive fight. I, he's definitely got the potential to like for me I had Dubois he was going to smash Joe Joyce to bits in my head I thought his jab's so strong he's well, he's, he's powerful I, I think he if Dubois went to went to the trenches with Joshua I think he'd be a nightmare for him but on the flip side might that bring the best out of Joshua as well because he knows the score when it comes to that he, he's got no choice but to, but to fire it with him but, but yeah I honestly can't say Joshua versus Joyce I'd say Joyce. Joshua versus Wilder. Uh, uh, I, I, again, that's a, that's a Spencer to but I, I'm just going to edge towards Joshua. Just because Joshua. I think if he just keeps the distance and just, just works, yeah. Okay. Joshua versus White. Oh, well, Joshua all day. Yeah. Joshua in a trilogy fight with Usyk. Usyk again. Joshua Fury. Fury. No okay. one beats well, Fury. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So. There we go. So put him in with White in the summer then is what you're saying. 
Well, yeah, but, but, why, but why it isn't, again, like I was saying before about the heavyweight division, how it's recycled. Yeah. These guys have opportunities that no other fighters in any other division has. White, yeah, yeah, he's been he's been brilliant in the past, but he wasn't his best. Like Fury did an absolute number on him, a number on him, and knocked him out cold. Yeah, and and did. so, but but that would be that would be a great fight for for Joshua to come back with. You're listening to Fight Night Extra on Talk Sport Two with me, Gareth Davis, and the one and only Mister Nathan Heaney. Next up. We'll hear from Amir Khan. He's told me he's adamant on clearing his name after testing positive for a banned substance. But I don't want to hide away. Like a lot of people will hide away when it, when something like this happens. And I want to come out and talk about it, what, what's happened. And you know, obviously it upset me more than anyone. Being a fighter for like almost 20, 22 years in the sport of boxing at the high level, uh, fighting in world title levels and across the world, Vegas and everywhere, I thought, I don't want this to tarnish my career in any way. I don't want people thinking, oh, you know what, you cheat, you, you was a cheat. There's a part of me that says it's the last thing that boxing needs. There's another part of me that says it's the absolute um, real thing that boxing needs because there's allegations about this sport that is rife in the sport. There's allegations of lack of professionalism and lack of uh, process. But the more it gets this kind of focus, the more there's going to have to be what I consider to be perhaps a professionalization of the business. You're listening to Fight Night Extra with me, Gareth Davis, and one and only Mr. Nathan Heaney. Yeah, we've got the star of Stoke on the show with us this week. Could be the world as well. We'll come to that in a minute. Um, so Amir Khan this week spoke to me um, about the fact that he insists, in spite of testing positive, in the post-fight tests uh, after being beaten by Kelbrook last February, that he is a clean fighter. You know, all your life... Um you've been a clean fighter a fighter that you know stands up to being a clean you know putting out there everyone needs to be drug tested and i've been in a, i've been in a position where i've had a cheat who I fought and he i could see the difference in when i was fighting him in lamont peterson the pressure he was putting on me and every time i hit him he kept coming back stronger now obviously what's happened to me now i've been the one on the other end i've been the one that's been Tested positive. Now, the amount that other fighters have had now in boxing is it happens a lot. Now you've had Conor Ben recently who had a, something in his system, but a huge amount of uh, uh, you know uh, drug was in his system. With my system, in, in my system, I had like you can say literally a salt grain in a. Olympic size swimming pool, like literally nothing, which was then even UCA then put a, a statement out saying that it was no benefit, it would not benefit me in the fight, it wasn't going to make me any stronger. And they even said it was done unintentionally. So there's Amir there. And, and you know what? And, and I'm not knocking Connor Ben here, even though you'll have seen what happened when we tried to interview him, uh, Nathan, at, uh, at the event the other day. He didn't want to speak to Talk Sport. He didn't want to speak to me. Conor Ben's um, got a different approach to Amir Khan. Amir came into Talk Sport last week. He sat down with me. He wanted to be open about it. I know he's retired and the band's retrospective in terms of his career. Um, but the, 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 the wider implication for you of another failed drug test, does it, one, tarnish um, his career? And what about his statement on Twitter claiming you could found him clear, essentially? And I'll clarify that 
they said there wasn't enough in his system for it to be performance enhancing. And they also said they believed that he had not intentionally uh, and recklessly taken a performance enhancing drug. What's your take on it all, first of all? My take in regards to, for example, when they say, I'm not about Amir Khan here, I'm not about in general, when they say the amounts found weren't performance enhancing, uh, that's a strange one because what, what if they've just timed it wrong? Or So there's, there's a minuscule amount when it's found, but prior to that in the weeks leading up, yes, there was past tests and so on. I'm not about Khan, I'm not about in general here. Yeah. It's it, see what it is for me. I I come from an, a, a background of having Lance Armstrong as one of my sporting idols. I read his book. It's not uh, it's not about the bike and it, I was, his cancer survival and stuff. And, and then he come back in 2008, and I was one of the biggest fanboy you've ever you've ever seen. I was going to YouTube people like he's a drug cheat and I'm like no he's not he's not he's not. But then fast forward however many years and it comes out that he was mm. one of the biggest drug cheats that's ever been done. And passed, but never failed a test other than one where it's retrospectively given a TUE. So, and, and then there was another one, Tyler Hamilton, his teammates. It's called The Secret Race, The Secret Race, I think it was. Fantastic books. And it just goes into everything. And, it, and I just think to myself, well, if they were doing it, all, all the, the rest are doing it. But, but it only seems to be the ones at the top of the game. It, it's, a straight, it's a very strange one. And I, I prefer some fighters that if it is through an accident where it's just unintentional ingestion, whatever it's happened, just, just say that. I don't want it. Oh, it's the end of my career. Why would I do that? Well, that's almost like the exact reason why you probably would do it because you are at the end of career. You're not as fast as you were once were. And again, I'm not mentioning anyone here. This is just in general. I just, I just rather than say, listen, I don't know what's happened. It wasn't intentional. And then, and then let whoever needs to sort it out, the board, UCAD, whoever, the, the authorities to let it sort out. In my view, I take your points, but even though he duped the American public and the US Postal Service, who sponsored the team for all those years, you know, and it was all that money that went into them, they weren't punching each other in the head. They weren't able to render each other unconscious. They were cycling bikes. And I think, apart from the efficacy and the morality of duping the public and duping everyone and cheating. There's there's an inherent danger in boxing that cycling doesn't have. And and listen, you God forbid every anything ever happened to you. Virtually every other week I'm working with Spencer Oliver, who yeah. did suffer a brain injury. And thankfully twenty five years later he's he can't shut him up. You know? Um and he and he's brilliant. But in fight sports your weapon is your body. Your body is your weapon. And I just think, well, just let's listen to Robert Smith for a second. As he said, he thinks the testing process needs to be looked at. You're going to have to speak to the UK. But obviously there is due process. Um, and obviously evidence have to, have to go forward. As I say, we're not part of that. But are they allowed three months to four months to give evidence? They give, or they, it... give, they, they give a period of time to give evidence, etc. Do you know what that is, is or not? Uh, no, I've got it written down somewhere about three or four months, whatever. But uh, but then obviously that once they send that evidence, you it has to be looked into, which obviously adds time, etc. Um, so, but it does take too long. I, I'm I'm the first to admit, and there's nobody more frustrated than I am. I can promise you that. 
Um, it does take too long, and we're going to have to deal with that. There's Robert Smith. Let's go back to the Amir Khan defended his position. He's one of the, as Robert said to me last week, he's one of the most tested boxers in British boxing history because of his teenage years as an Olympic boxer, as you know, the, the high profile fights he had. Are we ever, in your view, going to stop the cheaters cheating? That that's the point. Can they do it? Lance Armstrong was the most tested athlete of all time and they knew he was on drugs. They knew he was on it. The French knew he was on it. Everyone knew he was on it, but they couldn't catch him. Mm. It's because he had the doctors to do whatever they needed to do. I think it was uh, Michel Ferrari. It was like the 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 doctor, uh, the doping doctor and stuff. It was like, they, these these guys just know what they're doing. They, they've got extortionate amounts of money um, in, in, the, in the sporting world, that is. That's not localised to boxing. I'm saying in the sporting world to, to obviously do what they need to do to to get an advantage because, like you say, it, the, the boxing is different in the sense of it's a life and death kind of scenario if something happens, and and but that's why potentially there should be severe ramifications for things that have happened or performance sensing drugs are being taken. But again, while I've, yeah, yeah. yeah, while I've got you on, um, without trying to hammer Conor Ben, should he? I mean, it hasn't been announced. They were talking about Dubai on June the third. Should someone in the situation of, say, like Conor Ben, in your view, it's certainly my view, and I've given it many times on TalkSport and elsewhere, my view is that he should do a hearing with UCAD before he boxes again. That, that, that's my view. I, I, I don't know the ins and outs in terms of what happens as a result of that. Is it? I think it's just... I saw something about a statute limitation. So if, if you do, if you say strict things, liability, yeah, strict, strict liability, liability. There yeah. you go, strict liability. So once that happens, they, they probably know the score in terms of what's going to happen at that. Then did they, they, see people are saying about the comparison of Mia Khan and Conor Ben. Well, there is no comparison. Mia Khan's been banned. So yes, he's retired, but he's, but if he wasn't retired, he is banned for two years. Mm. There's no comparison. He's been banned, and it was accidental ingestion. What whether it's intentional or not, he's still been banned. And yeah, it's 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 there's like like I said, there's lots of different things you can. Why, why would I defend myself and pay all this money for legal cases? Well, any business that speculates or accumulates, you know, you've got to have that position. If you, I don't, I, it's it's a strange one. It's a, no, he, Connor, Connor maintains yeah. his innocence. That's yeah. the key. And he, the reason they've gone through the loopholes, in my view, is they he's maintained his innocence. He. He does. He, he's, he's strictly saying, "I have not cheated," and he doesn't want to risk not having a career. I think, but you know, if he'd gone in front of the board and given his evidence, even there is even evidence that he didn't accept. I know, without going deeply into all of this again, the WBC gave him exoneration based on the number of eggs he, yep. he'd been taking. So, all of these things could go in front of UCAD's. Um, um, independent panel, um, and and he could be back now. But when 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 were the WBC drug experts and testing and stuff like they they're a boxing organisation authority authoritative body, but they're not they're not UCAD, they're not VADA, they're not no. they're not WADA, they're not any of them. So it's okay having their opinion and maybe like the science and stuff. But but for me, they they can't be the ones that rule it. They can't say that he's been... Because I think that's the, the avenue that people went down or, or it's been cleared now. Well, it's not. It's just a, a boxing organisation that said it. But the actual VADA 
and, and the actual drug organisations haven't actually said that. We move on. Well, let's talk about you. Um, what's your plans for the rest of the year? British title, maybe? Well, that's obviously something that I would love to fight for. The British title is one million percent something I want to fight for. It's a, it's a great belt. And obviously, it proves yourself on the domestic scene as well. I honestly don't know what's happening next. I know Frank was really sorting for the summer, something big for the summer. But there's just things we need to work out with Stoke City in terms of dates that are available and so on, because they've got a lot of work going on at the ground. So it's it's one of them. It's 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 hard because obviously they've been speaking about Stoke City for a very long time now. But but I just want all my Stokies and stuff to know that Frank is doing absolutely everything he possibly can to get that sorted. I'm looking at the uh, the middleweight rankings, as I said earlier. Jamel, Jamal, rather Jamel Charlo, obviously holds all the light middleweight belts, 154 pounds. Erislandi, Lara, um, those two WBC, WBA champions. WBO is Yanibek Alim Kanuli, who I really rate as well. Um, you know, one of those teak tough Eastern European boxers. But I look down the rankings here, and it's it's lovely to see Gennady Golovkin. Um, <laughs> um, Jaime Mungia, Liam Smith, Chris Eubank Jr., Liam Williams, Danny Garcia, Felix Cash. Uh, who else is there? Denzel Bentley, Hamza Shearer. Oh, there's Nathan Heaney. <laughs> yeah, there's loads. A- there's loads of opponents there. Oh, oh, some great fights. Good, great, yeah, very, very good opponents. And, and yeah, they're very, very, some are very, some are tougher than others. But all, but all very good on the domestic scene, and some on on the on the on the on the world stage as well. But yeah, there's, there's some interesting facts we could definitely be made between myself and some of those names. And yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to obviously what Frank will sort in the future in regards to that. Who who is your leading middleweight in the world right now? Oh, oh the best in the world. I haven't really looked at the world stage to be honest. I've only really really been looking at the domestic scene, and obviously. When you when you look at the middleweights domestically, obviously Bentley's the, the current British champion, but then yeah. you had Felix Cash obviously beat him. But he hasn't looked he hasn't looked the best in his last two performances. At least he hasn't looked like he did against Jack Cullen, where he was absolutely destructive, and obviously destructive with with Bentley as well. But then obviously you got Liam Smith, who was just unreal, probably the most underrated middleweight. Well, he was like middleweight, and obviously middleweight. And what the number he did on Chris Eubank Jr. was phenomenal. So there's some very very strong middleweights in that division. Um, but yeah, I haven't really looked at the World Series. But, but as you say, I'm now ranked 15th with the WBA, which of all the things I dreamt about growing up, obviously being Sam Frank and being a professional fighter, I never actually thought to myself being ranked in the top 15 in the world, which is very, very surreal. But who knows? You, you could just get a phone call out of the blue. And I would take that phone call immediately. If, if something happened on the World Stage, I'd take that immediately. Is Heaney always ready then? Always ready, always ready, yeah. Now you said earlier you you you've got two daughters and a son, yeah? Yeah, no, no, no. Well, I've got two daughters, and I would hope to have a son. Oh, like, not, you, oh not, okay. Yeah, not not, not the we're not we're not playing for any more yet, but but potentially we might go for one more. Me and me and my wife Louise. Um, you said you wouldn't want your son to box if you have a son as well, yeah? Well, well, at first I said I don't want my girls to box, and then yeah. that might have been seen as a sexy. Th- no, no, it's nothing to that. I wouldn't want. What to, is it? I, I wouldn't want any of my kids to box. I'd, I prefer. Um, boxing teaches great things. Make no mistake. 
and I've done it for 23 years and it's given me some fantastic, like I'm literally sitting in the talk sports studio right now. That would never have happened if I hadn't boxed. But I know how tough the game is, how hard it is. And not, there's not saying professional, professional football is probably even harder to make it. I don't know. But I prefer my kids to go down that route potentially, like just something different to boxing. I'd love them to, to train a little bit, but maybe I prefer them to do something like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I think there's less head trauma. Yes, there's more injuries that you could have to your joints and stuff. You could snap your elbows and this and yeah, that. Yeah, but it's, it encourages a very healthy lifestyle, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah. I think all of them do. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing. They, yeah. But I just think to myself, I'm fortunate that after 23 years of boxing, I can still string a sentence together, just about. And and I, I, I'm okay. But there's other fighters that aren't. And it can be a ruthless sport and, and the amateur boxing scene can be very cutthroat in terms of whether you can get to this place or that place or the England squads. And and yeah, like I was very disillusioned with amateur boxing. I always wanted to fight for my country and never got that opportunity to do so. Even after dedicating 16 years to the sport and having 90 fights, they should have just said, listen, son, here's a vest, go fight for England. There's like a, almost like a gesture of goodwill for being there all those years. And I beat so many international boys as well. And just my face never fitted. I, I, Yeah, it's one of them. Well, it's been one of them. It's been an absolute pleasure, Mr. Nathan Heaney. Thanks so much for being with us on Fight Night Extra this week. Yes, you've been listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2 with me, Gareth Davis. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes.